Hey there, goal getter. I'm Monique Malcolm, your host, productivity expert, and coach. Are you ready to bid farewell to overwhelm and fear and start making some real strides in your life? Then buckle up because the Take Tiny Action podcast is the solution you've been waiting for. In each episode, we'll share actionable insights, personal stories, and arm you with the tools you need to tackle life's biggest challenges one tiny step at a time. So grab a cozy drink, take a deep breath, and get ready to take the first steps towards a life you love. Welcome to Take Tiny Action, the podcast where I empower you to take control of your life one tiny action at a time. I'm your host, Monique Malcolm. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing Morgan Wider, a wardrobe stylist and speaker who specializes in guiding executives, entrepreneurs, and college students towards building wardrobes that exude confidence and competence. With her extensive expertise, Morgan has become a trusted authority in the field, empowering individuals to unlock their full potential through their clothing choices. She is the best-selling author of The Worthy Wardrobe, Your Guide to Style, Shopping, and Soul, a book that has transformed the way people approach their personal style. But that's not all. Morgan's influence extends beyond the pages of her book. She hosts her own podcast, The Worthy Reveal, where she shares valuable insights and actionable advice on style, fashion, and the retail industry. Her episodes can be found on all major streaming platforms, offering listeners a chance to tap into Morgan's wisdom and expertise. Through her unique combination of knowledge about the retail industry and her passion for fashion, Morgan helps her clients harness the power of their wardrobe choices to feel more powerful, confident, and successful in all aspects of their lives. Her guidance is not just about what to wear, but also about unleashing one's inner potential, and aligning their style with their authentic self. So get ready for an enlightening conversation as Morgan joins us today to discuss how to build a better wardrobe. Get ready for an enlightening conversation as Morgan joins us today to discuss how building a better wardrobe can have a profound impact on confidence and overall success. So without further ado, let's dive in and learn from the incredible Morgan Wider. Hey Morgan, welcome to the show. Hey, twin. Are you going to tell people why we call each other twin? I feel like we have to start there. We can't like not we tell people. It actually might be obvious that they see any photos. I know. I'm going to. Okay, you guys, you have to hear this story before we even talk about Morgan and her awesomeness when it comes to wardrobe styling. We met earlier this year at a conference in January through a personal friend, Amber. And Amber did not tell us ahead of time. Hmm that we are basically photocopies of each other. So it wasn't until like Amber had been telling me, she was like, my friend Morgan is going to come to the conference today. You'll meet her. And then I meet Morgan and I'm like staring into my own face. Seriously. And everyone else at the conference kept walking up to me saying, do you know there's a girl who looks just like you? I'm like, yeah, we just met. And then like we hung out. And then the next day, Morgan didn't come to the conference. And I was still there. And people were like, where's your sister? And I was like, "That's she's not my sister. We're not related. We just met. But it's it's scary, crazy how, like... It is scary. I mean, Morgan and Monique, we could be twins. Our birthdays are <laughs> seven days apart. We're both tall. We both have the curly hair. It's it's really uncanny. Like, seriously. What did I say to when I said something like, you're, like, in the movies, like, I'm, like, the uptight straight-laced <laughs> twin, and, like, you're the creative fairy spirit, like, you have the pink hair, and I have, like, the blonde highlights. <laughs> exactly. It, we are. We we really are. We we're giving off some strong twin vibes. So I'm really excited to have Morgan on today. I know it's going to be a good chat. Morgan is excellent at what she does when it comes to wardrobe styling, 
So I definitely wanted to tap her to have her on the show because I thought she would be a great person for us to talk about building confidence and taking tiny action to build a wardrobe that really reflects who we are inside and out. And I couldn't think of a better person. So I want to... Thank you. You're welcome. I'm so excited that you're going to talk with us. And you guys, you know, take tiny action. So we're going to, we're going to get into like the small details. But to start, I want to talk about how people underestimate wardrobe choices and how what we wear, that can really convey confidence and it can convey competence. So how would you describe the direct impact that our clothing has on our mindset and overall presence? Oh, thank you for that question, Twin. I think a lot of us as smart, professional women who get things done, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you think that your work matters. You've been kind of conditioned to be the first one to arrive at the office and the last one to leave and be the worker be but not think about your image. And ironically, your image is the first thing that people see when you walk into the room. And there's like that big talk about personal brand and what do people say about you when you're in the room or when you're out. And your wardrobe is a big, big part of that. I often tell people, people can't hear your message if you look a mess. Like when you are not looking like you invest and value how you present to the world, then people will question if you have a strong attention to detail. That they will question if you value what your message is and what your business is. So while you're doing the grinding of entrepreneurship or building or working your way up in a corporate ladder, how you package yourself just as how you package your resume is incredibly important. And I agree. And it's one of those things, you know, like growing up, we have been told you don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge a book by its cover. You don't know anything just by looking at people. And as much as we have been told that and we know this intuitively, we still do it. I go well, science is proving that the, our brains, because of safety measures, you know, like living in the, the caveman ages, our brains t- take less than seven seconds to make first impressions of whether or not we feel safe with someone, if we're going to do business or trust someone. And then science has proven that 60% of what we assume about that person comes from what we wear. So 40% of it, we can't control our race, our gender, our voice, our height. We can't control those things, but we can control 60% of what someone assumes about us when we walk into the door based on our clothing choices. All right. So there it is. Science, y'all. Science. Science. (laughs) And I think that's a a fair point because I was thinking about just in the animal kingdom, right? That's how animals identify is something safe to eat, is something not safe Mm -hmm. to eat. Should we stay away? And I think just thinking about human nature, we like categories. We like to categorize things. We like to self-identify on things. So I don't think wardrobe is that far off. It's just another way for us to self-identify who we are, signal to other people what we like or what is our style. What we're looking for. Exactly. So there's something to be said there. When it comes to the intersection of personal style and confidence and professional excess, how did you become so passionate about this? Like, what is the the story mm. behind that? The story behind it is that for most of my, shucks, all of my corporate career and most of my childhood, I spent hiding. I would be often the only black girl in my elementary school. I was the tallest one, probably like you, twin. Yep. And I felt like I was always standing out. And so I hid in, in elementary school. It was closed from the boys' Huskies department. In college, it was oversized sweatpants and new balances. And even in my career, when I was the only girl on all men's team, I wanted to be treated seriously and taken like one of the men. So I would wear black cardigan and jeans, very much like old girl Elizabeth Holmes. And it wasn't until, even though I loved clothes, I just didn't want the extra attention on me. I didn't want the attention on my blackness or my otherness or my size. 
And then I realized like those things are what's part of my brand. That's my special sauce. So when I became an entrepreneur, regardless of being a wardrobe stylist, I needed to stand out. I needed to people to see me so they could do business with me. And my wardrobe was when I upped the ante and I invested in myself and I realized that my message is worthy of being seen and listened to. So I have to know that I too am worthy of being seen. I love that. And you and I have a similar story in in that regards because it's, I tell people all the time, it is a fun experience, experience being a tall woman. People have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> people have a lot of big feelings. Men have a lot of big feelings. Oh. Uh, people just, they mm-hmm. get really weird about the height thing. And they do. And being a tall woman, there's always people looking. There's always people staring. I just got back from Italy a few days ago and there was a, we were out in like a city one day or like touring a small town. And there was a group of people, like I guess a family sitting at a table and we had stopped to wait for the rest of our group to catch up. And I watched every single person at this table turn around and stare. Like even the people who had their backs to me eventually like just turned their, t- their chairs around and just mm-hmm. stared. They were just staring. I don't know what they were saying because I didn't speak their language, but it's one of those things that you get used to over time because people are always looking, people are always staring. And like you, I have realized that is one of my unfair advantages. So when I go places, I always make sure I dress in bold colors and patterns and things because I'm like, if you're going to look, let me give you something good to look at. at. (laughs) Give them something to look at. Give them something to look at. I had the same experience in China. And yeah, it's a, it's a thing. It's the, the faster anyone can own their uniqueness and all of us are right. And the faster you can really embody who you are the much easier life will become. It will. It will. And you, you know, you just own that. That's the thing. So let's talk about some common misconceptions that people have about the relationship between clothing choices and confidence. What have you noticed? I have noticed that a lot of women equate or their level of liking themselves or their self-esteem is in proportion to their weight or their size that they are wearing. And so sometimes if you are going shopping and a quote unquote size 10 no longer fits you, if you go to your favorite store, some people, their confidence will be shaken and start blaming themselves or some will walk out of the store and it's just a size. It's just a number on the garment and sizes change by store. And so when we link our identity and our worthiness and our confidence to a garment that was presumably made overseas by people that presumably don't know us and that are modeled after what I call what is called a fit model and specifications that are decided a corporate office, probably not in your city by people that probably don't know. Clothes aren't personal, right? Like shopping for that experience if a size 10 doesn't fit. Okay, go up to a size 12 or and buy the 12 and get it altered where you need to. Like it's don't get hung up on that. Or if you go into your closet and I just had this experience 30 minutes ago. My clothes aren't fitting the same way that they used to. It sucks and it's annoying, but I can't beat myself up for it or let me or, or, or stay hidden or throw on something baggy or boring or, or that hides me. That doesn't do me any good, right? Like kind of accept where you are and own who you are and just dress accordingly. But beating yourself up does no good at all. I agree. Do you have any thoughts about like designer clothes or like the more expensive clothes do you feel like women get really hung up on that like it has to be designer or it has to be expensive for it to feel stylish or worth wearing absolutely i talk about this in my book I, sometimes no matter what the designer is it could be mud if it i call it kind of the use example of the golden buddha and in my book the story of golden buddha but the concept is 
a lot of us are hiding in other people's labels and other people's brands. And we can't see you. We get to see all of the brands. And you can very much know when someone is wearing something versus when the item is wearing them. Mm. And so, and I often ask people, my, my client, why are you buying this designer rubber water shoe? Like, is it because you really need a water shoe and like only at Saks and this designer is the only ones that make it? Or do you just like the brand? If you just like the brand, cool. But if you just, if you're looking for a sandal, a rubber sandal, I know options at Target, right? So like unpacking when you're buying, there's nothing wrong with designer items. And I love a good way, well-made quality thing. But sometimes just buying things to be designer are, is not a smart action. And it's actually a way of hiding behind, hiding your own insecurities behind someone else's label. Yeah. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to hide. We want to be no. seen. Absolutely. So can you share a personal anecdote or experience where you witnessed the transformative effect of a well-curated wardrobe on somebody's confidence or their career trajectory? Oh, one of my favorite stories that I also talk about in the book is the story of Hannah. I went to her house. She was she was getting ready to go back into the job before she had been laid off about a year ago. And she called me. She was kind of iffy on my raid and like kind of investing herself because she had a family and she was, you know, not having the job. But then she called me back and decided to, to work with me. Going to her house twin, her husband had Nike boxes everywhere, like the whole bedroom, the whole bathroom. He actually took over the whole closet. And I was like, where are your clothes, sis? And she shared a closet with her nine-year-old daughter in her daughter's room. And her, her clothes are hanging. And then the little girl's clothes are like in little cubbies at the bottom. And my client hadn't shopped for herself in over like years. She had bought things for her boy, who was also a basketball coach or a basketball fanatic like her husband was, and her daughter, who had all those new justice clothes, which she had made an investment herself. And we went shopping and I got her a really great wardrobe, which I argue was probably half the cost of her husband's sneaker collection. And she texted me one night and she was texting me about these new high heels that she wanted to buy. And I was congratulating her and she wrote me back like, Morgan, this is such a weird transformation. I feel so guilty sometimes for investing in myself. I feel like I could be buying, you know, my kid something with the money I want to pay on a pair on a high pair of high heels. But on conversely, people look at me differently. Like I feel more self-confident. I am doing things like starting a small gir girls group at my church that I never thought I would do. And her last line in that quote was, I like how self-respect feels. And that was a game changer for me. And I was like, this is deeper than that. And I just told her, how you treat yourself is a model for what your daughter knows how women should be treated and how your son knows how women should be treated and valued. So I often say like your wardrobe choices as a woman and how you talk about your body and yourself is absolutely a act of love that pays it forward to your next generation because our daughters, our sisters, our mentees are all watching us. Oh, I love that. An act of love that pays it forward to that next generation. That's amazing. And I mean, what does it say about that woman, like deeply internally about the fact that she minimized her clothing options to squeeze it into her daughter's closet? Daughter's right. And she literally was spending her whole life squeezed into a, a small closet. Crazy. That's crazy. I mean, that, that, that taps into so many things for me, like this idea of taking up space. How can we take up space in the world if we won't even take up space in our own closets? Oh, like, how can Look you? Again, that's a bar right there, right? That that says right? so much, like, on a deep, 
core level mm-hmm. what she was in thinking. In your life, in your relationships, in everything. It impacts everything. And I, I tell people over and over again, you do everything at the level of your confidence. So you you invest money, you handle your finances at the level of your confidence, you pursue relationships at the level of your confidence, you pursue promotions and things at work at the level of your confidence. Like the life that you are living right now is directly proportional to your level of confidence. That's real. And it's that that's real. a hard thing sometimes for people to understand. But man, I'm telling you, your life will contract or expand to fill mm-hmm. the space that your confidence is not, not filling. So you really have to I sit with that. that. And kudos to that woman for, for taking that step and deciding that she was worthy of having better clothes and, and more space in her closet because, man. Yeah. Just as I told her, you're just as worthy of these clothes as your kids, as your husband. Like what you call confidence and what you talk, like I feel that way about worthiness, right? Like I think so many of us are conditioned to think that we're not worthy of having or this body, if it's bigger than what we want it to be or bigger than what society calls it to be, if it's browner than what cultural norms say, we are then equating this wrongness to not being worthy of things. And, and that's not at all the case. Like you're absolutely perfect just as you are and absolutely worthy. I love that. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about like actual wardrobes, clothes, things like that. So okay. if you had to narrow this down to like the key element that you feel make up a confident and competent or like you said, a worthy wardrobe, what are those elements? Okay, so most you'll like see on Pinterest, and I'm not bashing anybody, but you'll see like the top 10 things that people need to own in their wardrobe, a pair of black slacks and a white blouse and black pumps. That is all BS. Figure out what your signature items are that make you feel good. Like twin, I remember when we met, you had on this amazing multicolored striped knit cardigan from Free People, right? Like that is a signature part of Monique's brand. I don't own a black blazer. I own a black leather jacket. And those are the things that communicate to the world my edginess and my difference in in, in that way. So only keep in your closet the things that you love, the things that fit you right now, and the things that communicate a message that you want the world to see. I love that. Speaking of like signature items, so you mentioned your your leather jacket. Do you have any other like signature Morgan wears these all the time type of items that like people, you don't say it out loud because I have one I'm going to share with you in a second, but you don't say it out loud, but people spend enough time with you and they start to realize like this is Morgan's thing. I don't have it on today with my stack on my arm. Like I love like my bracelets and my and my ring or some things that I will I'm often photographed in. That's that's probably the thing that when I leave the house that is always on. Yeah. So mine are Converse Chuck Taylors. I own a lot oh. of Converse Chuck Taylors. Okay. They are my favorite shoe company style, whatever. For a long time, I didn't wear anything else but those, unless they were like gym shoes that I needed to actually run or work out in. Really? They're your They're thing. my thing. I have, I own a lot of Converse, like a lot, a lot. They're not comfortable for me. Like the flat-footedness yeah. of it is like, I own a couple, but I don't, like I can't be in them all day, every day like that. I don't know. Well, they, they have a new version, the, the Converse Chuck Taylor 70s that actually have okay. like a nice, comfortable insole in them. Insole. But the majority of my collection is like the original kind. But I, I I could totally see that about you. Because you know what it is? They made so many fun colors and so many fun styles and designs. So I have like I a Scooby-Doo pair and I have a, 
for a while I had a cupcake pair, but I think I got rid of those. I have a I have a Super Mario pair that only came out in Japan. And my my father-in-law was living in Japan at the time. When they came out, I was like, I need you to find me these shoes. And they had several styles. We couldn't find the ones that I really wanted in my size, but he found a pair and he sent them to me. So I have those. I just I have a bunch. So those are the things They're like the thing. the, that you like bring you joy and that you keep in and I love that. Like I love that that's like a signature part of your story. Like I absolutely love that. The thing that makes me laugh though that I mentioned these are things that you don't tell people. So I guess over time, like my friend circle realized that I'm always wearing these. So they would be at stores and they would be taking pictures and sending Those them to me. Those are good friends. Or Those like they would buy a pair for themselves and then wear them and take a picture and send it to me. And then I realized like, oh, so people have noticed this is my thing. So that, I love that. Good just, for you. But though, the things that bring you joy, like I remember there's a a client that I work with, she was a financial planner and she wore pearls all the time, but she would wear like interesting pearls, not like boring old lady pearls. And she told me, Morgan, the thing that I, about the pearl that I like is that it's formed out of a grit and, and something beautiful comes out of an interruption of your life and your pattern. I'm like, that's beautiful. Like those are the stories and the elements that become part of your signature. Like with even like your pink hair, right? Like, and maybe your hair always changing colors. Those are things that become true to you. So whatever that is for you, find it, and then get a bunch of photos of yourself in it. Yeah. Nobody likes my hair in other colors besides pink. I've tried, and they always seem so disappointed about it. So I've just stopped. <laughs> I'll just leave it pink now because they're just like, but I thought it was going to be. And I'm like, okay, well, that that didn't land. <laughs> <laughs> it just is what it is. All right. So. What are some common wardrobe mistakes that can negatively impact a person's confidence and how can they be avoided? Oh, I'm going to give you two, starting from the inside out. The first common mistake is for the ladies not getting fit for a bra mm. or not taking care of your undergarments. I've been having this conversation a lot this past week. Get fitted. You're supposed to get fitted at least once a year. I know a lot of us don't do that, but if you haven't got, if you can't remember the last time you got fitted, that means you're overdue. Hormones, weight change, weight gain, weight loss can all impact how our bras fit. And it's actually a matter of breast health. If, a, if your bras are not fitting correctly, they can actually cause the cells to form mass to protect themselves from like the underwire or whatever. So like it is absolutely important to get good bras and then to take care of them. And I will save that soapbox for another day. And um, so, and I off, but the one thing I do say about why your undergarments are so important is, is the first thing that you put on, like even when we're working from home, you and how you support your boobies tells yourself if you feel like you are worthy of being supported. They sit on your heart chakra, right? Like this is our most kind of like feminine essence and our so honor your body with really good undergarments, underwear and bras. And the second thing that a common misconception is if it's black, it'll make me look skinny. No, it won't. <laughs> if it doesn't fit you well, if your panty line is showing or if it gives you diaper butt or if it's baggy and oversized, it's not slimming cysts like fit is way more important than color is. All right. So you heard it from our expert. And, you know, okay, so I think I want to add one to the list. I think a common wardrobe mistake, because I see, I used to do this, and now I see myself right. telling my friends about this all the time. Buying clothes or avoiding buying clothes because you think you're going to lose weight, so you don't want to spend money on clothes <laughs> for the body you have right now. This was such yeah. a game changer for me a couple of years ago because I was so hard fighting needing to buy new clothes once I get weight. I was like, no, I'm going to lose weight and I'll buy new clothes then. 
But then I realized how unhappy I was in the clothes that I was wearing. So I was just like, oh, I'm just going to spend the money and buy the clothes for the body I have now. If I lose weight and I don't even want to lose a ton, I can get it altered. I can get it taken in a size or two. That's not dramatic. And if not, then I'm just going to enjoy the clothes and the body that I have right now. But not shopping for the body you have today, it is a mistake. It's actually, and I hope I can say this, but it's a mind fuck. I write about this in my book, and Nazi, my story of gaining a bunch of weight when I moved to Atlanta and being in a toxic job and toxic relationship. And I left New York City with my girlfriends and I'll go into my closet and nothing fit. And it would just start my day feeling like I'm not good enough or like my old life was more important. And so I would start this day feeling awful and bad about myself. So I would go to the office and eat a chicken biscuit and continue the bad eating cycle because I was just like, the day sucks already. I might as well eat my feeling. And that cycle continued until I, I tripped to Italy, actually prompted my life story to change direction. And I was like, I'm not going to Italy, not feeling good about what I'm wearing. And once I got clothes that fit me, I was like, oh, if I can look good at this size, then let me make better changes to see where I can get to if I don't eat a chicken biscuit or, or anything else like that every single morning. It really, really matters. Your body, again, no matter the size that it is right now, and life has happened and we have all survived a pandemic, the body that got you to this point is worthy of clothes that honor it and fit it. I agree. So this is not a question that I had on my list, but I think it's a good thing to tuck in here. Can you talk about like the cut of clothing? Because for me, I have realized that I like a good dress. When I was in my 20s, I could wear little short, tiny bodycon dresses. I could still do it now, but I don't think it looks, the silhouette is not silhouetting. So I prefer like a nice A-line cut. So it's like hugging here and it flares out over like my booty and my hips and it looks nice. Can you talk a little bit about like cuts, how that can make or break things that you choose to wear? So the right cut for, I'm not even want to say right. Sometimes the most standard flattering cut of clothing is dependent on you knowing your body shape. And I just think between shape and size, like for the most part, your shape, whether you are pear shape, which means smaller on top, bigger on bottom, or an apple shape, which means you hold your way to your tummy, your shape won't change as much as your size will, unless big body changes like childbirth or surgery and all those kind of things. Once you know your shape, then you'll know the areas that you want to amplify and play up and the areas that you want to downplay and not draw attention to. And again, this can also change over time. So like you mentioned, you know, back in the when you were 20s, you maybe wanted to play up the a really tight fitting dress would show up the booty and the boobs. And now it's not maybe as important to you. So you're looking for an A-line that might show off the slimness of your waist. Once you are clear on what body parts you love and want to play up, then find clothes to work that and other clothes to camouflage the other areas. I know that doesn't, that probably doesn't give as clean cut, but it really is. It depends on what, what body type is. Like one thing I can't wear straight up and down sheath dresses because it's too big on, I don't have a lot of boobies, so it's way too big on top. And then it's, you know, it, 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 by the time I fits my hip, so I have to go get it altered. So then it's a line. So I just, <laughs> if I buy a sheath, I know I have to make it an a line. So those are the things that you just, Depending on body type, you'll know what works for you. Yep, it's important. It's important. So know it's important. Know what you want to enhance, and everybody has something that they can enhance. Everybody, every single body has something that's amazing about it. Multiple things that are amazing about it. Exactly. So find those things and then play it up. Play it up. And it can be honestly, twin. It can be something 
as simple, like a lot of underused areas with women are shoulder bones, shoulder bone and collar, like your, your collarbone, your wrist, like pushing your sleeves up. You're like a lot of women are hung up on their knees, which I don't get like whatever, but where you're an ankle, like those are some areas that don't really fluctuate as you gain or lose weight. So finding strategic ways to show those areas will help you look slimmer overall if that's your goal. Okay. I love that. That's a helpful like insider tip. I would have never thought about that. All right. So can you walk us through the process of assessing someone's current wardrobe and helping them make strategic improvements? When I work with clients, the number one question I ask is, what do you want to be known for? Like, what is part of your brand? Like, when you walk into a room, how do you want to own it and what's the message? So I have a signature style quiz that I've developed that I give in my workshops with my clients. And we'll talk about what your style is. And then we'll, we'll talk about your body type and what works for you, what doesn't. And those are the two big components that build your personal style. So if you have a more bohemian, romantic styling, Let's find a way to make sure that those flowy dresses that are typical for kind of a romantic hippie lifestyle, they might overwhelm you. So maybe we do it in a blouse or maybe we do like a like a like a really fun floral printed pant instead of a maxi dress. Like those kind of components, those two together are really, really important. And then once we know what's working, what our goal is, we go to your closet and purge anything that doesn't make you feel great, look great or assault your self-confidence. And then we go shopping for items that work within that that body type that you're in currently and then your desired personal brand or your style. So when you go shopping, tell us about this. Like, do you do all the shopping? Do you help people find like the colors? Like, what does that look like? Yes, both. A lot of my clients are completely remote. So I do the shopping via a online platform. I know you're super into technology, so you can appreciate it's like a shoppable Pinterest board that they get that's private to them. And I'll walk them through those finds and they just in the middle of the night on their phone, click and shop away. And then we regroup and they try things on and send me photos and we say, get this altered or take this back or try up another side. In person, it is a whole day where I will get to the mall, whatever. Sometimes it's TJ Maxx, sometimes it's Saks, depending on the client. And I'll get there right when they open, spend a couple hours pulling tons of items and then you come with me in the fitting room and you are the model for the day and you try on and walk out and we talk about it and we we see what works and then I go back to the stores and we shop and shop and shop and you try on. So I'm doing all of the shopping and then these folks are doing the heavy lifting I'm putting on and off their the clothes. I love that. That sounds like fun. I want to do it's it. It's a fun day. It can be tiring, but it's a, by the end of it, you have quite a few options for a, a new wardrobe. I love it. Okay, for someone who is on a tight budget, what are some affordable ways that they can upgrade their wardrobe? One of my things that I do, I just did it just now, is I will take, I'll find new ways to wear things that I have in my closet. So I will take a blouse, like this orange vest, or you guys can't see this, but I'll take like an item, an orange vest, and I'll literally hang it in my hand and I'll walk it through my pant section and my skirt section and be like, huh. Can I try this with this? And I'll try it on and take a photo and kind of keep it on file for me to remember. Oftentimes we get really hung up on this shirt goes with this pant and this shoe, but you want to have a large return on your investment of your wardrobe. So wear things different ways. And again, if you have something in your closet that doesn't fit you anymore, if it's too big, go get it altered. And that's something that's just now it's no longer taking up dead space. Or if it's too small, give it away or even consign it and then try to pick your shots once. Once you're kind of familiar with what's in your closet, then you know what your gaps are so you can make smart purchases and not buy the same thing 
over and over again. I have a lot of clients who love to buy high heels or designer bags, but sis, you ain't got a white blouse to go to work in. Like, what are we talking about? Right. So like being really strategic with what you're buying and buying for what your closet needs, not based on impulse or, or clearance or sale. Oh, I feel like what you just said, like based on what your closet needs, this is a good time to talk about like style versus trends. Do you have any quick advice or thoughts, tips that you can give around there for people who maybe want to do a little bit of trends, but feel like, you know, they want to stay true to their signature style? I don't, this sounds so cliche, but I don't really kind of believe in trends because if something works for you, buy it and make it your thing, right? Like, Peplum tops were like a really big thing for a while. They're quote unquote, maybe not as prevalent anymore, but wearing them, if they fit your silhouette, wear the hell out of them still, right? And 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 really own that. I, I would caution across looking dated. There's something like if things are old, and I will be honest, shoes show their age faster than most clothes. But it's if something looks dated and not current, get rid of it. But if it's Oh, neon's in. Newsflash, friends. Neon's going to be in every fucking spring and summer. Leopard's going to always be in every fall, right? Like the skinny jean versus the wide. Like, yes, there's new denim trends out there, but I guarantee you they're going to come back three years from now. So like whatever works for you. And candidly, most of us are not taking shot, being shot by paparazzi where people are going to be commenting on, oh, so-and-so looks so great, but gosh, your jeans are three years older. No one's thinking like that. We're not that big time to be people are assessing whether or not our jeans are from two years ago buy what fits and works for you and wear the hell out of it get your money's worth out of it i feel like right now as a woman it is hard to figure out what's going on with jeans because they keep trying to convince us that like skinny jeans are a millennial thing and they're no longer in i don't really understand what's going on with the jeans because i just feel like they're all oversized and straight legged and it's hard. It's a, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I've what gotten we're supposed a few jeans. I'm taking. I'm trying to play with that alter because I'm buying a few the like the 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 wide like, but they were too big in the waist. So I go and get them altered and try. And those are again. And I'm and for trends per se. Some of those things, I won't spend a hundred bucks on jeans. They are a moment that I a I need to get altered, but b I'm probably might not. I might get sick of. So I'm gonna spend thirty dollars and get them on clearance up in Inner Republic, and then spend twenty bucks to get them taken at the waist. All right. I want to ask you about your book. So one, I would love for you to tell us a bit about your book, but also I'm curious to know if you have any insights or things that you discovered about yourself in the process of writing the book. Great question. So my book is called The Worthy Wardrobe. I, this book started and the concept of this book is, I call it a love letter to any woman who thought she wasn't good enough or pretty enough. Because again, my goal is for women to know that they're worthy of being seen. Writing this book forced me to really, I knew how much I've been hiding kind of like kind of, oh yeah, I just kind of really started wearing my clothes and owning who I was when I became an entrepreneur at the age of 34. But I don't know how much I really looked at how ingrained that stuff was and the connection with my spirituality and my spiritual growth and and my confidence in, in, in how I how I dress. So my faith definitely deepened between the book has a lot of talks about spirituality and, and spiritual practices and how you can make clean out your closet spiritual practice, but also the faith of like, am I going to get this done? Like, you know, writing yes. a book is not for the faith of art, right? Not. So that's knowing that I could do it is something that I learned about myself. And it really did change how I writing this 
confirmed my mission in life. I got worthy tattooed on my arm the way when it came out because this is my passion. I want women to know they're worthy. I love that. I'm always trying to cheer women on. Okay, so Thank you. wrapping things up, I always like to leave listeners with a tiny action that they can take either today or in the next week. So what is a tiny action that they can take to start building a worthy wardrobe? I will say it again. This evening, go into your closet, pick out a blouse that you have not worn in forever or an item you haven't worn in a while that still fits. If it doesn't fit, put it in a bag and kind of accumulate your Goodwill bag or your sell bag. But if it does fit, but you just haven't worn it in a while, I want you to find three different ways to wear it and take photos of those outfits, like stand in the mirror and take a photo and that you will know that you can come back to it. I I play in my closet. That's just what I call it. you play in your closet for bedtime. And so when I know that it's time to go to an event, I'm not scrambling or I'm not wearing the same thing over and over again because I kind of have this catalog of different options to, to play from. And it could be even I will give you this real life example. There's a green blouse, a lime green blouse that I really want to wear tonight when I go to this event. I was trying things on and I was like, okay, maybe I can do it with navy pants. But then I was like, oh shit, I have Kelly green pants. And I put those two together and I'm like, oh, this is it. Like I'd always just worn that top of jeans. Please believe I'm going to be wearing neon green and Kelly green in about an hour. Now I wouldn't have caught it. I wouldn't have thought of that if I hadn't literally done an exercise of taking the top and walking it across my closet. All right. So there you go. Uh, can listeners find your style quiz that you mentioned earlier? Is that on your site? It is only for my clients, mm. my private clients. But if you message me and want to schedule a consult, we can absolutely do it during that time and we can determine your personal brand. All right. So if they want to find you online, where can they find you? Tell us your links. They can find me at morganwider.com, M-O-R-G-A-N-W-I-D-E-R, wider, not wilder. Everyone wants to add an L in there. So morganwider.com will take you to all things me. All right. So there you go. I'll also put the links in the show notes so that way you guys can have them quickly and clickable. Thank you for being on the show today. I love all of the mm -hmm. tips that you shared. And just I know that somebody somewhere needed to hear this and like what your thoughts on personal style and how we can really show up for ourselves. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Well, thank you for having me, Twin. I'm always just in awe of all that you do and how you show up in the world, pink haired and unapologetically yourself. Love you dearly. Thank you. <laughs>